Alright, what's going on people? It's your boy Jay. This is I Hate Average Podcast. Um, thank you guys for sticking in there. I told you I've been uh, bringing these guests, been bringing a lot of information. You know, just bringing different perspectives to different things. Um, the last two weeks been kind of fire. I've been excited. I've, the guests been coming through. I've been uh, getting feedback on the guests, been getting feedback on the information that we've been providing. Um, I'm excited about that. Last week we had Miss uh, Denise Muhammad. She's a self-care and wellness coach, and um, people been hitting me up about her, and they've been, uh, you know, purchasing items off of her site. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to introduce new things to this audience. Um, this week, uh, this week I'm very very excited uh, about. Um, it's going to be fire. It's a lot of information, and I need you guys to check out this woman's book her name is Tia Muhammad she runs the site um, Raising Black Millionaires she also wrote the book Raising Black Millionaires this is um, for me because maybe because I'm a parent and you know I I want my child to be in the best situation in life and like most of you and this information is something that we really need to take heed of um, and I don't know what else to say. I just need you guys to get this book. She also gives us some information on how to get this book for, I think, just $2 on Amazon. So please, at the end of the podcast, check out the information that she provides. You're going to get the book for $2 on Amazon. You get the book and the audio version where she gets the actual interviews with some millionaires on how um, they raise their children. So please check out this episode. Check out uh, Tia Muhammad's information. Raising Black Millionaires. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I'm so excited. I don't know what to say. I, this, this this was the episode. This episode is fire. Uh, check it out. All right. I have Miss Thea Muhammad. Uh, she's most known for, uh, I believe, her website and podcast on teaching uh, children to be millionaires. How are you, Miss Muhammad? I'm very well, sir. How are you? All right. Did I pronounce your name right, Tia? Tia, you've got it. Very okay. good. Um, A lot of people add that H sound in there, so that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, I, I came upon you um, learning about your podcast and about um, some of uh, your thoughts on uh, teaching young and mostly young black kids on how to be millionaires. How did you get started with that? Oh, okay, good. Well, um, basically, I attended a, a networking, a business networking conference in the summer of 2015. And um, there at the conference, I met my business coach, William R. Patterson's father. And um, I was kind of just taking in all of the goings-on at the conference and really kind of tripping off the fact that Dr. Frazier, George C. Frazier, the founder of the Power Networking Conference and FraserNet, how he allows registrants to bring with them free of charge a student between the ages of 17 and 24. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, because this is a conference that um, costs upwards of 
six hundred bucks to for one person to register for, and I I think the price may be going up um, unless you sure take it during a promotional time. Yeah, and so um, what really kind of took me aback is how these young children essentially were getting the exposure and the opportunity to build relationships with these millionaires and billionaires um, and just access to resources at such an early age that many of the adult attendees were just now getting exposure to. And so I just kind of wondered what would my personal life have have been like uh, if I had actually gotten that type of exposure uh, when I was around their ages. And so um, the other thing that I wanted to know was, well, what were these people, what were these millionaires teaching their children that perhaps I wasn't teaching mine? Okay. And so I went to uh, Mr. Patterson, Bill Patterson, uh, William's father, and I started asking him, you know, I, I'm wondering if I can – ask you a few questions, just interview you to ask, like, what were some of the parenting techniques and strategies you and your wife used in rearing William and his sisters to be so economically astute? And he said, sure, I'd be glad to give you my number. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll give you a little bit now. And then he just got to talking. And I'm telling you for, like, 20 to 30 minutes, this man dropped some some practical jewels on me as a parent. And I'm a parent. I have a a 21-year-old, soon-to-be 22-year-old daughter. And then I have them going all the way down to two. Don't ask me what happened. I can't tell you. I don't know. But, But, you know, I've been a parent for a minute. And so when he just dropped this stuff on me, um, I, it kind of blew me away, really in no limit of time. And wow. as I turned and walked away from him, I, I said to myself, other people, other black people need this information. They need to know these simple strategies to rear their children to be um, financially, economically independent. Uh, and I, that's how the idea of the book, How to Raise Your Black Child to Be a Millionaire, came about. Definitely. Okay. I appreciate that story. So before I, before I get back to that, you said you mm-hmm. were at the conference. So what made you become, uh, or make, what put you on your quest for learning business for yourself? The, the fact that you was even at the conference showed that you had an interest in business. What, what caused that in you? Well, I'm going to tell you, um, <laughs> when I started my first business, well, no, I can't say that. When I started my first business that I actually made some money from, let me say okay. that like that. That would be far more accurate. Um, okay. I made, at that time, I was also working a job, and I was a divorcee, single mom with two children. And I worked uh, nonstop. Like I, worked, I would average three hours of sleep a night, and I uh, just worked nonstop. And so I, uh, one week, not even a week, one day, I made more in two hours than I'd made in an entire week at my job. I was no longer good 
to anybody as an employee. <laughs> like, I, it just was done. It was a complete and utter wrap. And uh, so um, from that point on, I started realizing just how much I enjoyed um, not only just making my own money and determining my own income, but I enjoyed the highs and the lows of business. Like, I enjoyed creating something out of nothing, The having a, a conception in my mind of what I wanted to produce in the form of a product or service, and then go okay. about the rigorous work of, of bringing it about. And so um, when I decided to do venture off into another business and I had gotten into a particular point in my development as an entrepreneur where I realized the piece that had been missing from me was I needed coaching. I needed coaching from someone who had done what I was aiming to do, and I just needed to invest the money that it took to get that type of guidance. And so when I did that, um, I ended up going to the Power Networking Conference. Okay. So is that something that you just needed for yourself, or is that something um, – entrepreneurs that want to get to their next level, is that something that all entrepreneurs need to get that coaching? What, coaching in general? Yeah, yeah absolutely. One, yes, sir. One, one thing that uh, my business coach just kind of is kind of his mantra says is everybody, every business owner needs to have coaches, advisors, and mentors. Many of okay. us hear that we need to have a mentor, but like I heard um, Lisa Nichols say one time when she was on the Oprah show after The Secret came out, she said she was okay. standing and talking with Oprah, and Oprah said to her, uh, she said, who's coaching you? And so Lisa hmm. Nichols was like, well, such and such is coaching me. Who's coaching you? And she just named one person, and Oprah wow. started listing like five, six, seven people. And wow. she was like, wait. She's like, wait, you, <laughs> you, you pay all those people to coach you? And she said, she said, don't they cost a lot of money? She said, I guess she forgot that this was Oprah, a billionaire. Yeah, she could probably just exactly. write whatever check she wanted. But she said, <laughs> Oprah's response to her was, yes, I pay for all of those coaches because the type of people I need to coach me, they don't have time to give away. I need to own wow. their time. She said, I need to own their time. <laughs> oh, I loved it. So, yeah. yes, just, just to kind of give you a general idea, yes, sir, everybody who's serious about doing any degree of business, no matter what level it is, it's essential because most black people are not taught the science of business. Most, most of us just don't have a clue. A lot of us just try at it, right? Of course, um, yeah. And then a lot of us get turned over turned off from it because we experienced a degree of failure that we weren't prepared for. Um, you often hear that happen like with real estate, people who try at real estate and then they don't make any money or they fail horrifically and then they just, I don't do that anymore, when they just don't realize they needed to get some coaching on the, the right way and the most profitable way to do it. And so um, to answer your question, yes, sir, anybody who wants to do any type of business needs to find someone who is an expert, who has a, is a proven expert at whatever okay. industry or uh, field of endeavor you have interest in, and and find a way to 
uh, connect with that person and get direction, guidance from that person. Yes, sir, absolutely. Oh. Okay, so I guess let me piggyback off of that that uh, segment. So sure. are we our, our children, should we be our children's first entrepreneurial coaches? You know, in, in, in an ideal world, that would be the case. But one of the reasons why I, I wrote the book and I phrased the questions in the series of interviews uh, with these millionaires and the one billionaire um, and the one uh, field expert was because I know that a lot of times many of us don't just are still working a nine-to-five or some type of job where we're not the authors of our income. And so um, the other, even though really at this point in time, black people really don't have a choice whether or not to be entrepreneurial. Um, Some of us just haven't come to that realization yet. But a lot of times many of us who may be afraid to kind of step out there and try our hand at some type of entrepreneurial endeavor, uh, we may do more for our children than we may be willing to do for ourselves. So we may invest in learning tips to teach these strategies to our children even though, uh, in truth, it would behoove us to get that information ourselves. So one of the one of the segments of our population I strive to really, uh, really connect with in the series of interviews are those parents who maybe okay. have never done anything entrepreneurial, uh, but they still have children that they want to make sure they don't end up working a job that they are miserable about going about doing every day and giving them a better opportunity that way. Okay. So I, w- I would say, well, I'm also a parent, but my, my child, he's very young. He's five years old. But okay. when, I was, when I was growing up, my parents, and like uh, mostly everyone else, my parents preached to me about getting a good job, a stable job. Sometimes they uh, wanted me to get a trade or they wanted me to pursue certain um certain majors in college that will give me a lucrative job. So how do you mm-hmm. – what would you say to parents to kind of not go away from that because, you know, that, that can also be a path for your child, but how do you teach parents to steer your child towards being more entrepreneurial? If Well, you know, know – I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't know if I'm phrasing the, the question correctly, but I'm just saying, like, we're taught to, to teach our kids to go to school, get a job, or go get a trade and then get a job. How do we, like, reframe our mind or, you know, to instead of think, teaching our kids to get a job first, to teach our kids to think outside the box and teach our kids to be entrepreneurial? Well, you know, um, I, for one, I think that <laughs> – So many parents these days who have uh, encouraged their children to go that route are often finding themselves with adult children who have graduated from college with some level of degree and are back at home with them because they don't have the income to to take care of themselves because they can't find a job. So so the reality, I think, for, for those parents, um, and for those youth who are 
will one day become parents. I think we just have to use some common sense. And the common sense <laughs> reality shows us that you can go and become heavily in debt pursuing a degree or even just a trade, uh, or I shouldn't say just a trade, or even a trade um, with the intent of finishing that program and getting somebody to hire you. But you really might as well just go to the casino and just shoot some crap because, sure. Sure. because you, you know, you have more power in determining a service or a product that you've identified as being uh, something that others need and then try your hand at providing that service or product. You, you have a far better chance at taking care of yourself and your family. So one one way, one of the things that um, we were talking about on our podcast was the fact that I, I personally, myself and my husband, okay, we we refuse to allow our children to ever think that getting a job is ever an option for them. It's not an option. They wow. might as well come in my house cursing. Like they wow. might as well come, come at me, you know, talking, talking back to me because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might as well just get ready to get, you know, get that that uh smackdown because that's that's not a route that is going to, um, is going to create a solid future for them. And so I was listening to a TED talk that was done by another millionaire. Um, but he just happens to be a Caucasian. His name is Cameron Harold. If okay. you and your listeners ever get a chance, um, or I really would encourage you to take the opportunity to find that TED Talk, you can actually go to my website, RaisingBlackMillionaires.com. And okay. they're, based upon that TED Talk, I did like five or six articles um, on some key things that he really um, drove home from that one single 20-minute TED Talk. And so definitely check out that TED Talk. But one of the things he said was his father forbade him and his two siblings to get a job. His father started him off at a very young age telling him that his, he had the responsibility to go out and get two paper routes, two. Wow. He wouldn't let him get one because he knew that the amount of work it would take to fulfill both paper routes would be more than one person could handle. And so what he did was he ended up hiring other children to go actually actually put out the papers, distribute the papers, while he was responsible for going around and collecting the money for the papers. So that automatically trained him at an early age to leverage other people's time and other people's uh, energy and resources to maximize profit. So, you know, there are many ways, and we talk about those many different ways in the book, How to Raise Your Black Child to Be a Millionaire, and also on the RaisingBlackMillionaires.com website, uh, where you'll also soon you'll find a lot of different um videos, uh, video trainings in the store on how you can, different tips you can use firsthand 
uh, practically to teach your children or to rear them to be entrepreneurial and investing children. Okay. That's that's a great tidbit. I'm definitely going to check that out. I, sure. I have another question. Maybe it's, I don't want it to sound kind of negative, but sure. I think our, our black people and, and black parents, we're taught to have kind of a fear of money. That's yeah. why I think. We we spend so much because we we just we, I guess we're afraid of having it, so we'd rather have things instead of having money per se. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we not? T- how do we teach our kids to not have that fear of money? You know, uh, I I I don't think that sounds negative at all. I think that's a very valid point. Um, you know, a couple of things. Wendy Muhammad, who is one of the interviewees. In the book, she talks about how one of the things she had to grow herself um, as her income started to increase, you know, before she hit the millionaire status, she had to kind of learn how to tame herself to just sit with her money when she, when her paycheck came in. So yeah, literally, definitely. you know, a lot of us, <laughs> you know, a lot of us, a lot of us have, they, we know on the 1st and the 15th, we have a check coming in, right? And yep. so we already know before that check comes in that, okay, on the 1st, our light bill and our mortgage is going to be taken care of in that check. And we're waiting yep. on it to come in because, oh, by the way, I'm on E. I need yeah, some more exactly. gas. You know what I mean? So <laughs> the check is already spent by the time it hits our account, right? Of course. But what, yeah. she, what she said was she started to just make herself not touch the money for a while, for a few days, three or wow. four days before she, uh, before she paid anything out. <laughs> I know. I know, bro. I know. <laughs> But she said that what she what she did was in making herself do that. So if she got paid on Friday, in making herself not touch that money until Monday or Tuesday, she allowed herself to get over the emotionalism attached to her paycheck, and it allowed her to kind of be take like a bird's eye view of her financial condition. And to be more strategic in the way she spent her funds. And to be more um, strategic in the way she made arrangements with her her creditors as well. So I think what your your question uh, alluded to is really tied to that whole emotionalism um, uh, around money that we have. I think the other point of what you mentioned is the fact that, you know, for a long time, black people have been taught that to be wealthy or to have money is sinful. Wow. Like, like having money is evil in some way. Like we've been taught that we've been taught for, for generations that, you know, our pie was in the sky. We would get it on the by and by once we died. So when we see young people, um, you know, the older people especially, when we see young people trying to get, um, trying to figure out ways and even hustling to get money 
you know, we kind of shun them. Yeah. And we we talk about these young people wanting fast money. Well, I have to disagree with shunning young people for wanting fast money, and I'm going to tell you why. I was talking to uh, Dr. Michael V. Roberts uh, yeah. in the interview for in the How to Raise Your Black Child to Be a Millionaire interview. Now, okay. Dr. Dr. Roberts is a billionaire, and been a favorite of mine, somebody I've admired for years. He's from my hometown of St. Louis. And so when I was talking to him, I asked Dr. Roberts, I said, Dr. Roberts, why do you think parents, a lot of our, uh, a lot of parents in the black community who work hard to develop a business for the sake of passing that business on to their children, and then when the children become adults, either they just let the business go once their parents die or they grow up and they don't want any parts of the business as opposed to having a sense of wanting to carry on the legacies of, of their parents that they've worked so hard to carry on and maintain independence economically that way. He said, well, I think you have to consider the fact that a lot of parents especially in his generation, would develop these mom-and-pop type businesses. And so you'd have these younger children who maybe were into technology or they were into things that, that did not mean that they would make an even exchange of their time for money. In other words, they weren't into working 10 hours, 12 hours a day just so that they can make X amount of independent dollars. No, what they liked was the idea of setting their own schedule, doing minimal work, and still making exponential money. And if we think about it, the boys on Wall Street, that's all they do. Of course. I I can tell you for sure, if if it's a situation where they're not going to see an immediate return on their investment, or you can consider just just investors, cap, um, uh, capital investors, where they want to see within a very short period of time before they even invest in your idea, they want to see how they can make their profit back quickly. Well, then yeah. why do we shun our children for wanting to see money fast too? Joe Vitale said that money loves speed. So if yeah. money loves speed and it's a it's a it's a fundamental concept for those who are into business, then why are we so busy shunning our children for wanting what those who do big business have? No, maybe we need to just cultivate their thinking so that they understand that there's nothing wrong with wanting fast money. It's just a matter of the principle in which you go about getting that money. And it just kind of helps them, guide them in ways of learning other ways they can make that money fast, legitimately. I hope that made sense to you. It, it did, it did. Um, so how do we – I guess it's, it's a thing of, of – I don't want to say faith because we're talking business, but it's a, a, a way of thinking that is – of it being possible, maybe um, parents or, or the older generation, they didn't think that 
being millionaires was possible, so they just put it in their mind as being a negative thing because they didn't think that it, it would happen for them. Mm-hmm. So is it something that we have to look within ourselves and, and, you know, thinking that do we have to really have the mindset that our children can be millionaires before we can teach them to be millionaires? We have to believe that they can be in our own minds before we start trying to teach them these principles? Well, I'm going to tell you it would be most beneficial, and that's one of the, that's one of the points of the book because the information that these people give is so practical. It's it, it's not some far fetched out in the sky unattainable um, uh, philosophy that these people are given. No, these these people were born and raised. Home bred, many of them cornbread fed <laughs> black people in America who grew up poor. Most of them grew up poor, and yeah. so it, you know, even the even for the person who, even for the parent or the individual who could never conceive the idea of a million dollars or even a hundred thousand dollars or hell even. $30,000 ever yeah. coming within their their bloodline of income. Yeah. But if they take the time to just read the book or listen to the, the actual conversations in the audio book, then they'll see how they'll be able to connect with the feasibility of it. Because, listen, just like you, a lot of people don't realize, just like you, you make, you may make $15,000 a year because many of us are stuck in that, that income bracket. And yeah. just like you can work a job and make $15,000 a year, there are a plethora of different ways where you can put that same time and energy into making quadruple that amount of money effortlessly in a year. Definitely. It's real. And so of they course. just have to, if they read the, if they read the, the sensibility of the book because I hope you I hope your you and your listeners can can tell by talking to me I, I'm not the kind of person who um, you can just kind of put anything over on me and I'm not interested in selling nobody no bag of tricks um, <laughs> so you know I'm I'm into real concrete tangible um, all the way live information that parents today can use. And that, if they take the time to check it out in the book, they'll be able to see that um, it's very well within reach. Okay. So I guess I, since I have you on the line, I want to be selfish. I have a five-year-old son. What will be? What's the one tip that you can give me so I can start him on his on his path of being a millionaire? You know, one of the one of the primary things. There were like three. No, there were about. For about four commonalities that all of the millionaires, um, that all of them stress the importance of, right? Okay. So I'm going to give you one of them. And it kind of messed me up when I heard it um, <laughs> right. because it, it's simple, right? It's simple. But one of those things was make sure your child knows at least one other language other than the English language. Okay. So 
what that does is that enables and equips your child to to not only think in another language because many of us don't realize how limiting the English language is. Like there are other other languages that have far more vast words um, and meanings than what the English language can encompass. Uh-huh. And so that alone, just speaking the English language, and many of us never even master that, just yes, speaking the English language alone limits our ability to think, be, think outside of a, uh, the, the box, so to speak. Um, okay. That's the first thing. The second thing why that's, why that's so significant is that it enables your child to connect with a different part of the globe, oftentimes several different parts of the globe, where they can literally go to any other place outside of the United States of America and find what their global placement in the world is. What that does is that opens them up to opportunities far outside of the borders of the United States. I have a little sister who, um, I call her little sister, but the girl is in her 30s now. So at some point I'm going to stop calling her little sister. But she's my <laughs> little sister, right? Yeah. And she just graduated with her second master's degree, right? Wow. But the girl speaks seven languages. Wow. And... She could not get a job here in the state. She couldn't get a job. Like, a, for years. She could, oh, it's it's the most mind-boggling thing. Couldn't get a job, right? Still, she's still looking. Like, she's still looking. So <laughs> when she could get a job, I'm going to tell you, when she finally got a job, guess what her job was? Uh, I ain't going to do you like that. I won't do you like that. I'm the country. <laughs> It, it was. It was in um, Seoul, Korea. Is it Seoul, Korea? Yeah, wow. Seoul. That's wow. what she had to get. Her her first job, her first real job out of college, That's she had to go all the way on the other side of the globe because she couldn't wow. get employment here. And so then she worked there for a year. Then she ended up doing another year there. And then she wanted to come back to the States, but she couldn't get a job. So she ended up going to Oman. Wow. <laughs> she went to Oman. And she got a job in Oman. But I'm going to tell you. she can understand the culture and the language. Oh, brother, listen, I'm trying to tell you something. And the girl, um, the woman, she's a, she's a young lady. She's, she's, she's a grown woman to you. She's grown. But she, she, it's somebody who has always, ever since she was a teenager, she's always traveled throughout the world fearlessly. Uh, and so that it, it has helped her just in her fundamental um, survival abilities because she has, she has a, a, she doesn't have this, this, these borders that, uh, that she operates within. Um, that keep her in an area where she she really can't take care of herself. Yeah. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. Yep. Um, I'm gonna work on working on that now. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, Ms. Muhammad, I want to thank you so much for your time. I, I really, really appreciate it. You've been going kind of back and forth trying to make sure we can get our dates right. For, right. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I really, really appreciate it. And um, if anything, if you need anything, you could let me know, and hopefully I can get you back sometime. Maybe we could do this quarterly or something. If you could give us tips every quarter. Sure, um, sure. I'd and, be glad uh, to. All right, and have a good I night. Just w- Thanks. Oh, you too. Also, you got to plug your your book and your website. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Um, what I would like to do though, or just FYI, the the book that we have out, How to Raise Your Black Child to Be a Millionaire, um, is actually volume one. It's an ongoing audiobook series. Um, that can be, yeah. So it can be purchased in ebook and paperback on Amazon.com. Um, but you can also hear the actual interviews from the audiobook if you go to cdbaby.com and just look up How to Raise Your Black Child to Be a Millionaire, or you can look up my name, Tia, T-H-I-A-H, Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D, and find us uh, on either platform either way. Uh, now, I did want to offer your listeners uh, a promotion, though, um, for the next 24 hours, they can go to Amazon.com okay. and they can actually download the book, the ebook. The book ebook is usually nine dollars and ninety nine cents uh, for you to get it, but your listeners can get it for two dollars and ninety nine cents for the next so 24 much. hours. Wow. You're very welcome. So. Yeah, they can just go ahead and I'll, and I'll throw in an extra incentive uh, for all of your listeners who actually go and download the book and then get a friend to download the book for that two ninety nine price. If you send me an email with a print screen of both of your confirmations of your purchase, I will personally email you the audio book for free. Wow. And so you just send me an email at Tia, T-H-I-A-H, at RaisingBlackMillionaires.com, and I'll be sure to go ahead and, and send you that. Now, the offer is only good for, for the next 24 hours. So I, okay. I think you said that this show is going to air on um, next Tuesday. Yes. So we'll, I'll make sure that all the pricing and everything is in place uh, to, to, for that clock to start ticking right okay. for that 24-hour period for your listeners, okay? Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm sure they You're appreciate it also. You're very welcome. And other than that, if you all can just, you can follow me at Tia Muhammad on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can also go to our Raising Black Millionaires page on Facebook. Like us and then hop over to the RaisingBlackMillionaires.com website and subscribe uh, so that we can make sure you keep in touch with us and find out about all of the different uh, services and the resources that we post online for you, for parents. A lot of the stuff is some really good free resources that will be good for you all. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome. As a parent, I appreciate the information. I'm trying to start my son on the correct path to be a millionaire. And yes, he never, ever has to work for anybody or do anything that he ever want to just for money. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Well, with God's help, brother, we'll all be we'll all have some children who can 
who will be millionaires, billionaires, even trillionaires, dare I say, so that we don't ever have to lift a finger ever again, Lord, ever. Definitely, yeah. I, <laughs> I received that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you, and I look right, forward to staying you. in touch with you. Definitely. I appreciate you also. All righty. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. That's the uh, Tia Muhammad episode. Um, I guess y'all can see why I'm so excited. That was great information that she provided. Um, Like I said uh, in the episode, I'm trying to get her to come quarterly because it's not enough time to to talk to her. It's a lot of questions I want to ask, and I want to maybe get you guys to ask me some questions that I could uh, get to her and she could answer. But um, as you can see, she's a well of information. I, I really appreciated her time. Um, she didn't have to do our little podcast. We don't have that. We're trying to get our numbers up there, but our numbers are not as great as we want it to be, especially for someone of her caliber. But I really, really appreciate it. Um, and you guys, you have to, you have to, you have to get this book. It's, and all parents, I advise all parents to get this book. Raising Black Millionaires. Check out her website. Please do yourself that favor. Check out her website, RaisingBlackMillionaires.com. Check her out on Twitter, Tia Muhammad. Um, What else can I say, man? I'm really excited. I I really appreciated this information. If anyone that knows me knows I'm very much into business and any information I can get that I also get my child involved in being interested in entrepreneurship and business I really really appreciated it Um, so I kind of I wanted y'all to get information from it but also use this opportunity to you know get some things some knowledge for myself and um, and she was willing and I really really appreciate it guys get the book also you guys check me out on Instagram Twitter Snapchat all of that I hate average J A Y. Once again, it's I hate average J A Y. Um, if you want more feedback on this episode or any other episode, or you have someone that you would like, you know, to be a guest, you can email me at show at averagej.com. Show at averagej.com. And uh, I'll get back to you. Um, and hopefully in a timely manner. And thanks you guys for your time. Please get the book, Raising Black Millionaires. Do yourself that favor. I don't I can't say it enough. But um I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>